don't blow no smoke. Pass all the gas to my gang. Yeah. Are we live? The bomb. Honorable. All powerful. And the most gangster thing you could do is serve. This is all the way live. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Back again, Mr. Miles Xavier. Please, uh, all the noise, sounds, drops, welcome us into another episode of the All The Way Live podcast. Are we live? Yes, sir. Hey, man. It's a beautiful thing, again, to be able to come here with you, my good brother, and be able to share this space as we do absolutely every single week. And what we do is create a space of positivity, first and foremost. If we can even be a second of a good, of, of a good space for somebody to escape to and make somebody's day, even if just for a minute, and the, and the minutes are growing, people are watching, we're seeing some interactions happening, man, and that gets us so excited. So what we have over here is a, a pool of nothing but positivity for you dialed in through that carefully curated content for your cranium every week. That's right. That's right, man. And along with that positivity comes gratitude, just a deep gratitude for Y'all taking the time to make space in y'all lives for us as we give you a slice of our lives from where we at. It's amazing. Community. I feel it. Indeed. Indeed. And what we do for our community, man, is cook up a show where me and Miles think about what's the best way to be to have conversations that resonate with you guys that are talking about current topics, that are talking about things that we can recommend and or review. And that's exactly how we break the show down is into three parts. We have stumble upon. This is where me and Miles talk about everything that has interested us throughout the week. That starts things and topics. We are we firing on all cylinders today, fam. No, we're coming through. We're coming through. Thoughts, things, and topics that are interesting to you guys. And we have some great conversation around the Will Smith and Kevin Hart Red Table Talk, uh, watching two Black men speak. Obviously, that's something that is important to us. So we're going to tap into that. That's some great stuff. Then we go into current news. Now, in current news, we reach for the absolute hottest of news that there is. We take it down. We decipher it. And sometimes we read and if you're lucky enough, we read out loud. And when we do that, we get a particular type of drop when we get to read. And so if, for instance, I were to look at something and read it, my brother Miles would then tell me. Well, I would tell you. The <laughs> I can't let you start reading anything. I can't let you read not one thing in the world without reminding you how much we appreciate that. And we appreciate it a whole lot, man. And the way that we mm -hmm. show our appreciation around here when we appreciate some is to make sure that we always appreciate it. And it is always appreciated. I want you to know. <laughs> very, very much. And, very and for people that are confused and listening, what Miles is doing is called stalling as he looks for the right drop. And that drop, Mr. Miles Xavier, is... Alright, we'll get right back to Yo, it. Yo, nigga, your brother told us how you be all into reading and shit. Hey, that's some real good shit, my nigga, for real. Congratulations, nigga. That's right. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. Thank you, Miles. I appreciate that. That that was not late, and all of that was intended. Like we intend to speak on recommended and review. Now, Miles, can you tell people why we enjoy recommended and review so damn much? Oh man, it's all about recommended and review. 
because that's where we get to interact with you and we recommend what we think you should view what you think is cool and this week we're getting into a whole bunch of stuff man we got a whole bunch of music that just came out my brother's been running through the hip-hop i'm so glad that you know i can turn to my brother he listened to the ski mask you know what i'm saying that's dope we also got some tyler that's a little more genre list you know what i'm saying but we got a whole bunch to talk about man it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing Indeed. And I think right before we got cut, we're going to thank a particular group of people who we always like to shout out, lift up, empower. And Mr. Miles Xavier, that group of people is. Every time. Still my favorite drop. I love it. I love it. I love I love how we were just cycling through all the drops at the beginning of the show. It's beautiful. <laughs> Hey, man, listen, the show is packed. we got a whole bunch of great things to talk about. I'm not sure exactly where you'd like for us to start on this list of conversation, my brother. But as always, it's an absolute pleasure to be here with you. Absolutely, man, absolutely. And being here on that side is the illustrious gallery, Momo. You know what I'm saying? Situated and beautiful South Africa. Shout out to that space. I long for it. It's summertime in Chicago. I think the only space that can even make me think about leaving, going somewhere else just to chill and kick it and be at home is that space. So one time for y'all, man. And on this side, you already know what's going on. We're in Chicago. This podcast is filmed on stolen land. Now, I mean, this land here was cared for by the Potawatomi people, the Council of the Three Fires, and the indigenous people that lived here, the way that they were removed from this land, the violence that was done to them, is inseparable from the state that we find this city in, the state that we find this country in, and the state that we find this world in, real talk. And it's important to acknowledge that history, right? It's important to lift up indigenous people the world over, right? We say that every week. Unfortunately, this past week, we came across the news that over 700 more bodies were found in another boarding school in Canada, right? We had an episode- 700. Yeah. Yep. We had an episode about uh, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, where we got into more detail when there was a similar finding of uh, around 200, 200 bodies, mostly children. Uh, and I think it just speaks to, in a larger sense, right? We are not done uncovering uh, and accounting and addressing the atrocities that the nations that we especially those of us in comfort find ourselves in, right? Or any modicum of comfort, right? In nations across the world, like, this, it's, it's, it's harrowing as a, as a black man, I think, to examine an experience in such a place that was so close that is a connected history, but also its own history right of of what indigenous people have been through in this in this this land north america in general right and to know that this space is soaked with their blood soaked with the blood of black african slaves soaked soaked with the blood of indigenous people that were native to the southwest and mexico it's it's we're not done healing from any of this. And I think it's important that we that we take account for that. That's part of why we do the land acknowledgement every week is just to be rooted and situated and centered in that history. And so I appreciate you allowing me to make space for that. I appreciate all our listeners for making space for that. Um, and yeah, we lift up still, we continue to lift up indigenous people. Uh, we, we hold in our hearts the lives of those lost, all of those lost um, adults, children, 
uh, at the hands of colonialism and white supremacy. And uh, we lift up love between black and brown people the world over, uh, intro over. Let's get into the show. Yeah, man. Um, I appreciate that. I absolutely appreciate that. And speaking about lifting people up and whatnot, I we had a beef discussion about this during pre-production. Today, I had to confront a man who had who was essentially harassing these these ladies. So I'm busy driving, and uh, we see we see these two these two young ladies just taking pictures you know you can tell that they they they're going to take pictures you know they got the glam up that a park and it's like a public area and immediately as i'm driving i i see a, a car almost like driving next to them as these ladies are trying to ignore it and he you know and i see him seeming perturbed so i stopped the car I'm with my girlfriend I stopped the car i spin the car around and you know i think she she was just just being aware you know i just explained to her i said hey um i think this guy is harassing these women and i think we should i'm gonna confront it so i go up i see the guy roll the window down you know i confront it say hey, man what are you doing and he starts making up excuses i tell him listen i don't want to hear it keep it stepping like always like most of the times cowards cowards like that that is what their reaction is going to be and so it just made me think about it just made me think about conversations that we've been having on the show regarding how we self police and how we police men especially in relation to the efforts we go to make women feel comfortable and that is not um and and that is directly connected into why Canada feels so close and what's happening and what's being uncovered in Canada feels so close is because the 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 same um the the, the same injustices are still present today. You know, people can kill a bunch of children and and uh, and and bury them, and still no accountability will happen until much later. And then that manifests itself into people then being able to mistreat people without accountability, and then people then being able to abuse people and then harass people. So it's it's a it's 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 one of those. It was a moment of of definite of of learning, and I was just glad to be able to. To, to, to be a proponent of, of stopping that type of behavior and confronting it. And I think part of encouraging men to do it is to let men know when and how it is, when it is done and how we do it. Yeah, and a big part of that is building your internal capacity for that type of confrontation, right? Um, with, while also maintaining safe parameters. So I think something that came out of our discussion last week uh, and again, shout out to Mo for for being able to join that conversation. Um, I think something that came out of that conversation was that you have to build up the habit of confronting whoever it might be uh, when you see somebody doing something wrong and it may be easier for you to ignore it, right? So in that situation, you're in the car with your girlfriend, it's much easier for you to just, you know, keep driving the way that you were gonna drive and, you know, smack your teeth and, Tisk tisk, you know, that sucks. But it takes, you have to build a habit and build a, a level of comfort with calling that type of stuff out when you see it. And that's our, that is part of our responsibility as men within our capacity is to raise, is to use our voice and the privilege we have uh, and almost the expectation, the environmental expectation that we take up more space, right? And use that to not only be vocal for others, but also let others speak for themselves right so like in being in different scenarios and even 
letting women be like, well, how do you feel about this situation? Right. Yeah. We had a conversation about being at a uh, about me being out with a few of the homeboys. Somebody uh, in the worst way, like takes a shot, couldn't take the shot down, spit it on one of the homegirls that we were with. This is during COVID times, right? So she got spit on with this drink. Mm. The media arm and and just having presence of mind in that scenario, my immediate thing was to ask her, what do you want to happen in this scenario? Whether it's the bouncer kicking him out, whether it's us having a confrontation with this man, you know, we're expected to do something about that scenario. How can we carry that out in a way that prioritizes whoever is has less power to operate in that in that scenario or is being victimized in that scenario so i appreciate you as somebody who's built that muscle right to be able to to be in those confrontations and i encourage other people to just start speaking out say that's hey that's not right and eventually you'll mm -hmm. get up to a point where you can make a judgment about involving yourself when you see other people being victimized yeah. uh the last thing i wanted to say about that is just also but also be safe and be cautious right like i Living in Chicago, I have a very uh, complicated perspective on intervening in scenarios where, you know, you don't know what's going on or people are getting heated and things are getting, you know, uh, even road rage. I've learned to deal with in a very different way being in this environment of just being like, you don't know how far people are willing to take it. And especially when they're exhibiting behavior um, that's outside of what is safe in the first place. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, you know. And again, that even that sense of judgment comes from putting yourself in a position of thinking about these different scenarios, thinking about where you can intervene, how you feel safe to, and actually acting upon that. And that's the difficult thing about being a man is being able to gauge exactly what the appropriate time and response is going to be, which is something that unfortunately has to be said, where, where a lot of times people, women ask, why do men just not intervene? We've spoken about it many a times on this show um, on training yourself to, to spot things when you train yourself to spot things, identifying and acknowledging that men behave differently uh, around you and around women, um, that aspect of it. But yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, 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 I don't want to say that I'm somebody that has developed that muscle. The intention more so is to say that I'm trying and encourage trying. Well, thank you for sharing that uh, that win as on a part on along that journey, you know. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Speaking of speaking of being out and about uh, in in SA right now, what's the what's that like? I know you guys are experiencing a little bit more. Uh, the COVID just won't leave you alone. It can't quit you. It can't quit you. Y'all just or y'all. Oh man. You know we we've got the third strain that's coming in in South Africa right now, the third, the third wave, third variant, they saying this is the alpha strain, uh, no, the Delta strain, the Delta strain. Now that's how it's categorized scientifically as I clearly understand. And it's the numbers are ravaging. The numbers are ravaging. The numbers are, this wave is worse than the first couple of waves as as a member of just general society and as a person, I have COVID fatigue. You asked me, you, you're like, why are you not seemingly so worried? I, I do have COVID fatigue, despite the reality of how serious this, uh, how serious this virus is. And, you know, there's an episode of me recording while I'm clearly on COVID, while I clearly have COVID, you know? So I'm not a fan of it, but I definitely am fatigued of 
this virus. Yeah. And that's understandable, right? It's it's something that it's a become a large part of our lives and something we're never prepared to have to make space for. You know what I mean? We were never taught in school, okay, well, at some point during your adult life, everything's gonna close down and you're gonna have to wear masks everywhere you go. And you know, none of us saw this coming. And we I think from the outset, we all had this kind of optimism that it would be handled as expediently as possible. And I think we first thought that would be a couple of months. Then we realized, dang, this might be the whole year. And then I feel like, you know what I mean? Slowly and slowly, mm-hmm. we've started to realize that that's not the right mindset to have about it. The mindset to have about it is it will go away exactly as quickly as the world collectively can work together. And we ain't so good at that. <laughs> no, no, we're not. And even working with with our respective, within our respective countries, the government says, and the the states has has failed has failed us in how quickly we can distribute vaccines and uh, we tore down COVID centers that could have been utilized. Now those got torn down and now there's a shortage of beds and ventilators. The the hospitals are overstaffed and we're quickly running towards um, over We're quickly running towards you know a breaking point to the likes of what we saw in India. So to everybody, man. I'm sending, I'm, I'm, I'm telling everyone, just be careful, just be safe, understand that this thing is, a, is is real, no matter how, no matter how you want to feel about the conspiracies of it, the truth is people are dying behind this, um, and people should prioritize their safety, man. Word, word. Mm-hmm. So for you, in terms of, and the people around you, the last thing I just want to ask is in terms of vaccination, do people want to? now or have you seen like a shift in kind of way in the in thinking in terms of people wanting to get vaccinated or are people still dealing with the repercussions of covid but also not wanting to take the vaccination i don't think because of how limited the vaccines are and the process that you have to go through to uh, to, to get one that is a, 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 a big disincentive because you have to take into account a community that, for instance, will line up for hours standing at a post office to get a $20 government check. Mm-hmm. That's the community, that's, that's the, that's the, the, the populace that, that we're dealing with, right? Where a lot of people are disenfranchised and a lot of people are, unable to even meet the bare administrative minimum to qualify for 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 something like a a a covid testing and that would be illiteracy that would be lack of access to internet that would be a host of a host of different things right the inability to commute to where the tests are the inability to afford even getting the the vaccine let alone the testing so there's a lot of things that 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 compile into why we're we haven't really adapted the the vaccines very much you know but but i know i know that side it's it's a lot more different where it's been a lot more embraced you're seeing arenas opening up to full capacity maskless and whatnot yeah i mean this side there's certainly a large percentage of people who are who don't want to take any type of vaccine don't trust it and have very serious uh convictions as to why not but largely if you want to get vaccinated in most areas in the united states now there's a way to do that for free 
um, and someone will walk you through the process, even if you're illiterate. So uh, I would say, yeah, I mean, but we're, we're just privileged in terms of that access. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Hey, man, us as two black men having this conversation makes me think about a, another very interesting conversation that we have taped, that we have scheduled for us stumble upon, and that is the Will Smith and Kevin Hart Red Table Talk. I thought you were going to play a drop. I was waiting on it. Hey, I'll go look at this. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Thanks for putting me onto that, man. I, I really appreciate that type of content. Yeah, yeah, man. And and I just was was really moved by it. I thought it kind of echoed uh, a lot of what we try to do here. It was certainly vulnerable. Uh, it was certainly, uh, it felt like, yeah, just casual. Um, it was cool to kind of see mm. those two brothers at, you know, this mature stage in their life, people that have really brought us so many laughs. It was cool to see them have a, a serious talk in, a, in an entertaining way with all the charisma that they bring to the table. Um, so, man, uh, right from the jump of the interview, right? Uh, and, I, and I, there's like a, an extended intro where Kevin Hart is late, but it comes out that they live uh, like five minutes apart from each other, right? Uh, and I was just like, man, what what it must be like to deliver jerk chicken in that neighborhood. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> you got Kevin Hart on one end, you have uh, Will Smith on the other end. Yeah, yeah. And I just, it just, I don't know. It was just cool to hear that. Um, and not knowing who else lives in that block or neighborhood, I'm sure it's a bunch of rich people but just black excellence in that way, you know, and, and to have the, to have the, uh, the option, I hope that, you know, best case scenario, right. That I live in a community that is both uh, a reflection of all the hard work that I've put into, to my career and, and the security that I want to provide for my kids, uh, both in terms of like physical safety and educational opportunities and, and access. Uh, but also that that space is black as shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so and 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 I just hearing that those that those two icons live so close together um, makes me feel it's more possible and that they can hang out and do stuff. So I think that's dope. It's important for us to be able to see that in a uh, in a public sphere, and and so I appreciate those gents for being willing to do that. You know, they don't have to do that, but I think that that's yeah. an important conversation to see. Uh, and I think it's important to do in your own relationships, right? Something that comes out of their conversation uh, is Kev goes, it's important to make people aware uh, that you're making them a priority. When you, when your schedule's tight and, you know, it's very difficult, that's a difficult thing for you to do. You know, people not only deserve the time, but they deserve the, to know, understand that time and context. And for you to, you know, if, if it's difficult for you to be with someone as much as you would like to, it's important that they know that. And they, they know that the amount of time that you spend with them is the amount of time that you have to give, you know what I mean? Mm. And then, so I just thought that that was a, that was a dope. It kind of, it kind of led me to a, to a phrase that I've heard batted about making, making space for disappointment in your relationships. And I just wanted to know what that, what any of that might mean to you. Uh, well, you know, Miles, those are controversial questions that you're asking me right now, but what I can definitely touch on 
is the the honesty and vulnerability factor and being able to have intentions and actions and vocalizing those things like i fully agree with letting people know how that you're prioritizing them and one of the best ways to do that is to listen and that's something that i learned from you my good friend is that when you are spending time with somebody or when you have dedicated your time to that person you actively listen and and prioritize that time and that space and you know that's that's something that i definitely appreciated about the conversation that those that those gents were having and i just think it's cool to have two rich black men talk about vulnerability and talk about failures and mistakes and the steps that it, they've, they've taken i think that's a, a wealth of information always absolutely absolutely and yeah listening is a huge part of is a huge part of relationships and and so is forgiveness right i think both of us each of us have had uh opportunities to forgive in our lives right to to look at people who have maybe failed to be listeners maybe failed to make space for uh for us or failed to give us the context of why things were how they were in in the relationship and another dope thing that came comes out of the interview that kev said was uh he was like i don't have it in me to be angry uh, he's, he's talking about his dad and in, in, in terms of him not having the same type of uh you know loving environment that that he's able to provide for his kids and he was like i'm not mad at my dad um i want him to be a great grandfather right and just that statement just acknowledging that that growth right my dad i mean i'm where i am so i think he he did not too bad with me but i i see him in such a great space uh to be a great grandfather you know what i mean and i i'm, I'm not making any plans to make that happen yet but i just i just i love seeing roles continue to change and opportunities to be better uh and be excellent in different stages of life adopted by men that are older and just the perspective that being healthy later in life gives you about what it means you know the time we have with the people we love for sure for sure and the big part of what they said underlines all of that is being intentful about caring about people's feelings you know taking people's feelings into considerations and 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 really be, being being an 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 empath yeah it's important it's important be, being an empath you know um i thought i thought that was i thought that was that was beautiful especially the correlation between how you lose your empathy with getting into the habit of being commanding being commanding in order to get to success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will will I had to I had to actually write this part this part down and I guess I guess technically I am going to read it. So go ahead, drop one. Yo drop nigga, your brother told us how you be all in the reading and shit. Hey, that's some real good shit, my nigga for real. Congratulations, nigga. And it's dope. Uh this is actually Will quoting Jada, right? But so he says as the center, well, he says, yeah, she calls it the the power circle. And, and mm -hmm. so he goes on to elaborate and say that as the center of the power, you sit in the eye of the storm where it's calm. But one step away from you, the winds are whipping. And we're, that's where people attack and where all of the fury of the storm rages. And we can be oblivious to the punishment that can be meted out to the people around us. And so I just thought that that was, that's really important to like, you're not always you're not always aware of when you have when when you're I know you're somebody who a lot of the people around you are very proud of 
right? And they see you being very active in in manifesting your dreams and and those 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 manifestations have helped people have provided opportunities for other people in your family and so in a lot of ways uh and i think this applies to each of us in our own way but in a lot of ways i can see you as somebody who lots of lots of responsibilities kind of revolve around and while that puts its own unique type of pressure on us right there's also understanding that people are fighting battles for us that we don't always that we don't always realize right people are acting as gatekeepers on our behalf from bs that otherwise would would be all up in our face and and sometimes you know i try and take time out uh whether it's your whether it's your your parents right whether it's that parent that just goes to bat for you whether it's your your partner right whether it's your one of your siblings that might be dealing with your parents for you on some other stuff there are Boy, people shout that, out to shout out to them <laughs> word, word shout out to the yeah but but shout out to the people that are looking out for for us that we don't that we don't always take into account right and those people fighting those battles it's important to make space for you know just being like hey i appreciate all that you do so that i don't have to deal with anything extra right yeah. and and and, yeah. and to your point earlier about being an empath right i think we get into this space as the center of just problem solving mode because we know if somebody's coming to us, then it is serious. And we go, all right, this is what you need to do. You're going to do mm. this. You're going to do this. And this is what's going to solve the problem. Come back to me and report to me in three days. Let me know. But the other side of that coin is, is realizing that you still have to be, you have to be able to be at the center with that responsibility in that unique way, but also soft as you deal with other people. And yeah. that's something that I a lot. This is, this is how cool, check how cool this is, right? So that same commanding that same commanding instruction that you apply in business at least let me speak on my behalf i have an a, my internal discipline monologue is twice as brutal as anything that i can say than anything that i've ever said out the 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 you must do this attitude to myself is do is is is, is like to a point where i had to have a i had to formulate a relationship with that voice in order to understand in order to understand myself as to why is it that 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 type of what what's the what's the vicious end of it because on the one end it goes make sure you're doing this every day make sure you're doing this and and it and it and it fuels a lot of drive but then on the other end there's a lot of self criticism there's a lot of uh doubt self-doubt there's a lot of that that's a, that's that's real there's a lot of at times loneliness and dealing with all of those thoughts but being an empath to yourself and being able to prioritize listening to yourself and understanding yourself and being kind to yourself is the only way that it extends now outwards and that's something that i'm really trying to learn how to do which is starting with myself and being kind and being gentle and being patient with myself, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why they say you have to learn to love yourself first before you can truly love anybody else the way that they need to be loved. Right. Yeah. And I, that's, that's, that's so important because in order to care about anybody else's feelings, in order to understand them, you have to pay attention to your own. And I just think that that was, that's 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 huge and so this this conversation between kevin hart and will smith was packed with with gems the last one i wanted yeah. to touch on the last one i i i want to 
I want to situate us in is, is Kev goes, how do you tell your daughter? And I'll extend it to your woman, your mentor, your parents, your relatives. How do you tell those people in your life, right? That you may have hidden or you may have downplayed or protected them from. How do you have conversations with those people about the person that you were and what you've learned to be the person that you are now without saying so much that that person loses respect for you? That, that's difficult. And we spoke about this last week where we said, what is the capacity of forgiveness? And what is the, what, what is the expiration date on, on, on changing and on being a different person? right um listen you're 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 better with words than i am so what are how how would you approach that i think it's difficult i think it's difficult and i I get him casanova i think you give me too much too much credit but i would i would just contest that right you're never gonna you're never gonna be perfect in the eyes of those people, not the people that truly care about you, not the people that love you and are close to you because they see things that you don't know they see. And they deal with things, whether they know all the details or not, they deal with how you react to them, whatever, whatever you're involved in affects them. And so I would say that for that reason, the honesty is important. I would say that it matters a lot who the audience is, right? How how much information your child might be ready for might be different than how much information you might be able to tell a parent that you may have hidden from them at a certain point in life, right? But I think the important thing to to gauge is if you if it's something that makes you think twice about sharing in the context of sharing it, what is your purpose? Is it are you sharing it to get closer to the person? And are you able to deliver it in a way that that outlines that that that's the through line of what you're trying to do? Right. Mm -hmm. And and in sharing it, how much work are you are you putting on this person? How much how much hurt might this person go mm -hmm. through? Are the are whatever wounds that might exist around this perfectly healed? And I'll give a I'll, I'll give a really simple example. Right. So uh, I broke my wrist playing football in in high school two weeks before basketball tryouts. So American yeah. football season ends kind of in the fall for high school, right as basketball season starts to start. So I, I was playing football, I broke my wrist, right? I wanted to try for basketball, so I didn't say anything. I went through school and basketball tryouts with my wrist broken. I didn't, I, it hurt and I wasn't able to use it much, but I wasn't a doctor. I wasn't sure whether, what was going on with it. I just knew it didn't work, but I had to make the team and then we would deal with that afterwards. Mm -hmm. Of course, as a kid, once I made the team, I was like, well, I'm gonna just get through the season and I ain't gonna worry about it. So eventually the, my wrist healed improperly on its own. And I just compensated by using, you know, my right hand and only using it at the angles that it could. Fast forward three or four years, right? I'm done playing basketball for my high school. I wanna get my wrist fixed because it, it is significantly weaker than my right wrist, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm whipping in the kitchen and it's just not coming together the way I needed to. So I'm like, yo. <laughs> and I got my foot, I got my foot in the game. <laughs> I'm killing it. Drop double, yeah. triple doubles nightly, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When I after three hours of the pot, you know what I'm saying? You should push the other hand. I'm not getting the right wrist rotation. So I go, Doc, I need to get this checked out. I tell my mom, 
but obviously it comes out when we do the x-rays or what needs to be mm. done that this wrist was broken three years ago and Damn. you know you know what i mean and i saw and my mom cried in that moment you know not like really devastatedly but just i just saw her, the tears well up in her eyes like finding out yo my son broke a whole bone and was just and i didn't notice it you mm. know what i mean and mm. I think that that, and, and she like got over and she, you know, kind of, I think, you, weren't you with me, bro? Maybe Delonte. Um, it's possible. Delonte was with me. Delonte was with me. Cause this was back in, the, this was back in high school. Delonte was with me. But um, yeah, anyway, that moment let me know that it's important to have some of those conversations, right? It's important mm. to, uh, I, I could have mitigated that moment by going, hey mom, you know, this is what happened. This is how my wrist got messed up rather than just being like, it hurts. I need it fixed, right? I understand. Why? What are you doing right now? I'll play you the perfect music to be able to do confessions to, right? To be able to have open, vulnerable conversations. But that don't mean I want to. <laughs> this is the backdrop. This is the backdrop of your conversation. I love you. Listen, Mom. Like if we were going to use confessions, I have so many stories that work so much better. Oh, I thought I was playing confessions and I said I played Bird. Oh, no. I messed up. I thought I was playing confessions. That would have been perfect. That is the missed comedic gold right now. <laughs> That's the breakaway <laughs> missed comedic layup right there. Oh, uh, don't say that because it's going to burn for me to say this, but it's coming from my heart. It's been a long time coming, but we we bit come on, Miles. Don't make me get into that bag. That is that is a peak confessional song right there, sir. Good, nice recovery. Nice, nice recovery. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna burn, it's gonna hurt for me to say this, mom. But I <laughs> but I think I broke my arm. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. <laughs> Bruh. No, but like but like check this out, right? In regards to the perfect apology is with your actions, right? And that's the that's that's what I leave with is that the perfect apology for me is always going to be what are my actions going forward? If we're if we're being vulnerable with our art, you helped me get through a period where I was cheating on the person that I was with, and then you know. The, there was that there was a lot of infidelity over there and then obviously and, and then you know like most things that are done in the dark coming out into light um it was brought in a way that was very difficult for me it, it was it was brought like it, it resurfaced its way in a, in a very ugly way where very some difficult conversations had to be had now even then even after moving past that and and being intentful about not being that person no more it was one thing to be able to tell somebody that i'm not that person but it's something else to be able to lead with my actions, which is it, it, it's waking up and choosing the person that you're with. It is, it is using all forms of reinforcement, verbal, um, action, and um, what, what other, other forms of um, physical reaffirmation, like all of those different things to continuously back up who you say you are and being true to uh, yourself. You know what I mean? So at what point it would be, I, I don't have a daughter, so I can't say how difficult it would be to have that conversation with the daughter, 
But I do know that I did have to have difficult conversations with my mother. I had to have difficult conversations with my sister. I had to have difficult conversations with my partner. And in all of that, I have led with my actions for the fact that I am no longer that person. And that is all I have control over. I do not have control over how they intake it. I am fortunate to have a partner that can accept me for being that person and believes in me and trusts me to, to be that person outside of the confines of our interactions. But it, it starts really with, are you going to lead with action after having made that apology? That's, I think action is the only, is the only true form of apology. Yeah. And I think what, what it kind of comes down to is that if there's an apology to be made, you, you should make the apology first, right? And, and try and contribute to the healing first um, before trying to share that information just to, you know, um, I think it can be important. I, can, I think it can be important to share those different parts of yourself with people in your life who might not know about them to bring you closer, to help them understand you and to improve your relationship through that understanding. But I think if you're if you're speaking about things that might be sensitive and things that haven't been healed yet, I think the work needs to go into that healing um, before it can be useful in that way, uh, as useful as that is. So mm. I think the whole conversation between Will Smith and Kevin Hart was very useful. Uh, yeah. and I don't think that that's necessarily the word that came to my mind immediately when I heard about it. Right. And so mm. that's what we bring you here all the way live is conversations from a different perspective a different light, you know what I'm saying? Get get at some of the, you know, the the the, the foo foo under the belly. What's going on here? Man, quit playing with me, man. No, for real, don't play like that. Do you pick confessions? You, you, what is this? You pick confessions. I pick I pick confessions twice too. <laughs> oh man, we try over here, man. That's all we do is we try about Xavier. Please take the aux cord from me. Clearly, I don't deserve it. Clearly, I'm not worthy of having it. And more importantly, I'm going to need you to have that aux cord so that as we move into our next segment, it's important that people understand that when we say a current news, we mean a current as in... Damn, we good at this. Damn, we good at this. Current, current news, Miles Xavier. Um, we might have to dust off a newspaper for this, but we're speaking about something that's very dear to my heart, something that's very dear to your heart, something that's very dear to many Black Americans and people all over the world. Derek Chauvin, the police that had his knee on the back of George Floyd's neck for nine minutes, for over nine minutes, has finally been sentenced. We've had conversations. We, we actually haven't spoken too much about it because I think we have been reserving that conversation for right here. Miles, as a frontline activist, as a Black man, as a person with a conscience, um, what is your sentiment on the hearing, on the sentencing of Derek Chauvin for 22 years? I definitely... I definitely have mixed feelings. And I think at the root of those mixed feelings is not having a clear picture of what we should do with the people that frighten us, right? And I will be 
vulnerable on this podcast enough to admit that I am frightened by the power that police officers have, uh, that black people tend to die at their discretion, and that the racism of a police officer and structurally the police in general uh, is something that I worry about and something that I have to worry about my bros, my brothers and them whenever we're mm -hmm. outside. So I think that Derek Chauvin, uh, as somebody who, for whatever reason, and I won't even speculate too much, but clearly was willing to kill another person who didn't deserve to die. That per that that the fact that those people are out there frightened that that frightens me. And so, what are we going to do with them? I'm I've I've we've had conversations on this podcast about police abolition, and I think a big part of of seriously talking about police abolition is understanding well what do we do with people who break the law what do we do with people who need to be uh uh, uh to be separated from society um and even that wording needs work right but i think the key behind that is something is a system that promotes recovery and rehabilitation and i don't think our current system is that so when i see anyone sentenced to spend their life in the system that doesn't facilitate rehabilitation i'm conflicted about the humanity of that yeah yeah and how, and how could you how could you not be how could you not be and i think always the emotions that we dissect these types of stories with is with a a a underlying understanding that the system is skewed against us no matter what it is we are we're moving up against a system um, that has historically been 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 essentially created in order to, you know, I mean, like do your Googles on the history of, of policing or one of our many other episodes that we have gotten into that, right? I don't think we need to introduce that right now, but all to highlight that it was not out of, it was not out of our minds that it's possible that he could get off. The possibility of no sort of, of implication or no sort of accountability, no sort of sentencing. That was a that's a that's that's a reality that we were assuming, right? So in understanding, I for for me especially, like in that's I I you that that call it bias, call it call it relationship with the system, but that like I carried that when when I expected the information back, and especially when it comes out of something as twenty two years, you're just like, are you are you kidding me? Is that is that is that all this person gets for for murdering somebody in front of our face? Yeah. So if I if wanting to start and center this conversation and be consistent in my ideas and and I and my uh, my belief system is always starting with humanity, and that's what complicates the underlying desire to see him punished for what he did. And the important aspect of punishment in this scenario is to send a message or hopefully, you know, create an environment really where police officers are concerned primarily with the lives of those who are in their care slash in their custody, right? Until we figure out what we want to do with the police system as a whole. 
But while we still have to operate with the police and the police are still out patrolling the streets, what needs to be understood is that they should have to take care of the people that they are interacting with because of the power that they walk around with. And so when somebody abuses that power, it's important that they be punished so that everyone else with that power understands that they cannot do what he did with impunity. I think the unfortunate, and you're right, and the unfortunate thing about, as you say, the, 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 the knowledge of the power that, that people carry is that those that misuse the power, those that misuse the power totally taint the value of the service. Because even when we scream defund the police, we're not saying that we do not care about policing, right? And and I'm and when I say we, I'm grouping myself in with a with with the pro as along with the other protesting black youth. You know what I mean? Now it's not saying that we don't need the police. It's just saying that this particular system of policing clearly is skewed towards a disadvantage that is putting black and brown people in 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 these otherwise um in, as dentured servants indentured servants in these prison systems that 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 is only held up by the presence of those people within there right so yeah man it, it, it's 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 like you say there's a lot of there's a lot of conversation behind un- helping the people that wield that power understand what it means there's you know the solution with the solutions behind getting people from the community to feel enticed to serve those roles what that means from an incentive point of view what that means from a cultural point of view what that means from a location point of view um you know surely these things are costly but if we look at budgets on grander schemes they're not unobtainable and that's something that i think is important for us to realize about the solutions that we like to have like we we all have great grand solutions but rarely are they outside of the realm of of possibility we want to be get we want to get better policing in our communities is it expensive sure but is it impossible definitely not it can be done and the question is why aren't those things happening so shout out to the, the can we please get some 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 drops for the the legal team that was behind it for the family of Thank you, thank you for the George Floyd family for being so strong and being able to speak up for something like this, to be in those courtrooms, to go through that process that is so exhausting, that is so tiring, that is so taxing, that is so expensive, that is so mind consuming, that is a reality that you have to get up to and live through every day. So shout out to all those people that did that. Um, the, the result of this is not an indictment on your inability to perform. It's just more so approving of what we understand the system to already be. And I think everything we've just described is our symptoms of trying to get true justice in a broken system. Mm. Everything from the sentence of 22 and a half years, which is, is is unjust for several reasons. Um, Mm. Under routine practices, uh, it's likely that he'll probably serve two thirds of that before parole. So he's likely to serve about 15 years. 14, Um, 15. And so, yeah, there, there are, depending on how you feel about incarceration, there are questions about, about how we respond to that. But I think the, the bottom line for me is that this is, a step and we are continuing to 
address that system that makes justice so elusive. And so as we continue to address that system, it's important to understand that any case, even one that does galvanize a movement in the way that the murder of George Floyd did is, is a part of a journey that is, that is ongoing. So as this trial, and I'm sure there will be appeals and I'm sure there will be, you know, other, other blips in the media to follow. But I think what's important is that this is a part of the, the, the BLM movement doesn't end here. Uh, the, the, the fight for justice for black people for black lives doesn't end here. And so what we need to do is continue to pay attention, lift up the people who guided us through this time, right? If you were paying attention, who are the sources, the people you followed on IG that were bringing you content that was thought provoking that you felt was balanced, uh, continue to follow those people continue to engage and, and, and participate in any organizations that you feel like are doing the work in between the media attention. Right. So whoever you started following, uh, stay on their feed, stay watching their stories, stay going to mm -hmm. their events, stay sharing what they're what they're saying and what they're doing and, and, and keep doing the work um, so that we we don't have so many more opportunities to be in awe and shocked by how how the problems that we haven't solved yet. Thank you for 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 encapsulating all of that. Um, and, and especially giving us steps forward. Cause I think that's always like the big question, which is that people feel in people feel kind of useless and what can I do to help? Right. And I think it's important as always to remind people that we're just two dudes who ask ourselves the same question and then later put together our brains, our resources to be able to create something that is now helping people on a wider scale. It literally started with us asking that question, what can I do to help? More importantly, we asked that question saying, what can I do to help if I have no money? <laughs> we took it even a step further because that was the reality of what our resources were looking like, but driven by the 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 understanding that and the, and actually the stubbornness to want to prove that you can help without any capital resources and, and and show what you can build doing that that's what we're doing so we say that all to say that the the the, the what you can dream of what you can dream to even categorize as impact is up to you but undoubtedly something is better than nothing even if that small something is sharing liking commenting and subscribing below for the show <laughs> yes sir hey man we have to we have to pick the vibes up going into stumble upon talking about some stuff that to me is super exciting that can lift some people's spirits up that good music that is sung by some incredible ladies so if i can please get the drop that we love so much to welcome us into this hiatus coyote stumble upon yes welcome to the hiatus coyote recommended and review carry on you said that that name wrong but we're not going to hold you we're not going to press you we're not even going to stress you hiatus the name wrong hiatus oh. coyote what did i say it sounded like you said a haitian song song nah, hiatus coyote for sure i thought i said it right but this is also recommended and review <laughs> also listen the connection but you are you you're familiar with the group right i'm not i'm not familiar with you. interesting interesting um they dropped 
they dropped Choose Your Weapon in 2015, which was their last drop. And from that drop, there's been gang samples that have been used by K-Dot, that have been used by Drake. That album by Anderson Park, that album really... Um, that album really was a new introduction to R&B, soul, pop funk from this Australian group that just sounds so groovy and so soulful. So for, and they, they really developed a cult following. Um, they, they had a, a new walk, new, new hawk, I think was the album that they dropped in 2013 first, but then that choose your weapon is really what, what, what really shot it up. Um, and so for, from 2015, we've been waiting on this latest installment that they'd be dropping. And for anybody that's a hiatus Coyote fan out there, man, I know that they're super excited listening to the sounds of Napalm. Napalm is some super smooth stuff. We played some of it in pre-pro. What do you, how you feel about it? No, I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm super into that. Uh, just that groovy, kind of chill, laid back. One of my critiques of, of current R&B is there's not enough R&B that uh, isn't about relationships. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or that isn't, or that isn't, isn't about relationships in a way that feels kind of poppy or bubblegum or, or overdone. Um, I love me a, a great love song, but I love me a good song about nothing. And so, yeah. uh, or a good song that at least what it's about is more elusive. And I kind of got those vibes from, from a little of what you were playing. So I'm, I'm interested to check out more. Definitely. And I would be remiss not to not correct you in saying that it's not technically considered R&B. They consider themselves alternative, borrowing from a host of, of jazz influences and whatnot. It's like when we first try to categorize where do we place Anderson at? So where would Anderson end up? Even now, it's a little bit hard to be able to, to categorize him. Yeah, it is. It is. And I'm less calling them R&B than I am just saying that R&B is kind of the genre that I turn to typically in that kind of chill groove setting. Yes. Uh, and and so to have an alternative, whether that's Anderson Pack or Hiatus Coyote, is always good. Yeah, man. And that's for our alternative fans. Um, super, super amped about this album, man. I really did enjoy it. That's these guys are the, this group is so good at being able to create songs that I that I upon listening to know like I'm always gonna enjoy the song. I'm never gonna get tired of that. And some of those for me um, stand out is uh, all the words we don't say. Chivalry is not dead. Red room. That all the words we don't uh, not all the words we don't say. Um, it is give it gentle. I believe is the name of the song. If I can pull it up, uh, "Give It Gentle" is the name of the song. Uh, that is that is spectacular. That's spectacular. That's the song I played, and we go gentle. That's the song I played first. For me, I have to give it a four out of five. I'm gonna give it a four out of five. Four out of five mics. I love it. I love it. Pow! Wow. So what what do we want to get into next? There's 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 Ski Mask, there's Tyler. Um, I, I did. What is, how do you feel about Tyler the Creator? Ty, I don't think Tyler ever made music that was for me. Like, and uh, I'll, I'll elaborate on that because that's a very, that's a very pasty reviewer thing to say. But like, uh, yeah, I, I think Tyler makes really great music from his more like from his entire discography 
I've given most of his projects at least one run through and I've always been picking songs, you know, I've, I've, that's, it's never been a project that completely just resonated with me all the way through. I respect Goblin a lot. Yeah, uh, I yeah. think I think that that's a that's a great piece of hip hop and what it did for hip hop is huge. But I've always just been the type of Tyler listener that that picks and that they're very different. Some of those are grimy experimental hip hop. Mm-hmm. Some of those are bordering on on alternative, right? And very sing songy. I think he's mm-hmm. incredibly talented. Um, but I'm not his core demographic by any means. Yeah, and Tyler's had a very interesting evolution as an artist. Obviously, as you said, Goblin, which was a, a monumental moment in hip hop, um, kind of bringing that grime back into the 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 teenage scene, which at that time was completely dominated by college rap. Um, this is your Mac Miller times. This is your Wiz Khalifa times. This is um, Kid Ink times. If you if you if you're up on that type of game. Um, so it did come in as a as a different. It's always been alternative, even from the jump, the eating of the cockroaches, all that fly stuff. Um, over time, has definitely taken on a more Pharrell esque. The Pharrell influence in in Tyler's music has been very evident. Um, it's very uh, big. It's very colorful. It's very instrumental. It's very it's very R and B and funk driven, which I absolutely enjoy. Flower Boy, I thought was a pretty dope album. Um, it's I, I've yet to have an album that I that I can run through top and bottom like that, but everything that I can pick from some of those albums I enjoy a lot. And this particular album looks like it has the opportunity to to have the same type of of um to have the same type of feel. What I enjoy most about it is the total package of creativity that Tyler always brings, right? If you look at the music videos, the cars that he's using, the, sh- the, the, the style that he's shooting in, the, the lenses, the, the angle, all of it is very, is very uh, it's, it's, it's an honest artistic effort to clearly put out what he feels to be the dopest stuff that he can put out. And for that, I'll always appreciate it. I don't want to give it a score yet because I do need to listen to it one more time. I've been stuck on this Hiatus Coyote album, on this Zillow album, on this Her album. That's where I've been just running those in rotation, man. We promise we'll get to that hip hop again soon and give you guys recommenders and review. Yeah, we're super fluid with this show, man. And and so we can... uh we can touch back on 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 Tyler maybe next week. Give it a little score real quick as part of recommended review. Uh, last week we talked about the Gold Link album. I spent a little bit more time with that. Uh, I still think three point five is fair, but that that two hundred two on that album I left out of my highlights, and and that's that's a that's a that's a track that I that I mess with heavy. Likewise on the her album process damage. Man, there's just there's so so forever bigging up both of those we can go back and forth you know what i'm saying no statement is final this is not that type of podcast where we are down to be wrong we are down to elaborate we are down to interact with you uh yeah and it's it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing brother yeah man while we're here man i'd, I'd like to 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 even let all the people that have been listening up to this point, like my brother always likes to acknowledge that we got some super dope, exciting stuff coming up in terms of where we want to take this podcast on a creative standpoint. We've got some great ideas that are going to increase just the value production, that are going to increase the um, the ability for us to show a little bit more about our personalities, our tastes, and and introduce a little bit more different elements into this podcast. Um, it's it's such a it's such a fun journey to be walking with 
with with these people and seeing some return listeners and people that are truly enjoying it and for that we 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 give you a big shout out we give you a big salute and more importantly we extend all of this positivity that we manifest into this space every weekend because we know we know yeah man it, 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 it's almost like it's it's like obvious at this point man no matter where you go no matter what app what streaming service downloadable content your dl your dsps your digital streaming platforms wherever you at y'all got a lot of options man i know you had to scroll past some podcasts just to get here you know had to go to that search bar you didn't click on amy schumer you know what i'm saying you 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 you, you didn't click on you know bob saget's new podcast right you, you you typed in all the way live and for that we love you you know what i'm saying this is a big hug coming from you a big hug from chestnut tones Goddamn and hazelnut tones, and we just want to appreciate y'all. If you are listening to this point of the podcast, we know you are down with a celebration of celebrating, a celebration of life, a celebration of how good it feels to be black. Don't it feel good, way? My favorite thing in the world, Miles Xavier. That's right, and I hope it feels good to be you wherever you are. Eat something delicious, hug somebody you love like that. Peace, water. We go.